Much D, 107.9 Life. This is Michaela with you and I'm here with James. Hi, James. I... Oh, hi. <laughs> got a first rule of thumb on, on, a, on like a radio show, like answer the question that you're given. All right. So how are you, James? I'm, I'm well. Thank that you. Is good. Um, it's great to be here. It's great to have you at the helm of the show. Yeah, it's great first to be time. here too. Today, we've got so much to talk about. First of all, I've got a driving lesson coming up on Friday. This is a big moment. It is. It's first really exciting. Mm-hmm. We've also um, got some more conversations going on. Actually, on the way in, we were talking a little bit about this and brilliantly, it's come up in the news talking about- Could you believe it when we saw that, when we were looking in? Because we had this big conversation and then all of a sudden, there's actually a new story that I know, lines it up in, with it. It was in almost- most perfectly exactly what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about where do certain things come from, specifically mm. instant coffee and Vegemite, two of Australia's favourite breakfast We meals. never really think about where it comes from. No, you don't. Ever. But you it's just, so interesting. All you want to know is that it's there, that it exists. That's all that's you all need at 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no one is questioning <laughs> where does instant coffee Because essentially, yeah, your coffee and your Vegemite, that's your breakfast. We've got lots of music coming up, lots from Guy Sebastian, uh, Vera Blue, Lewis the Child, and Emily Brimlow. But right now, this is Harry Styles. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. That was Guy Sebastian. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. We've got Elizabeth Grace and Justin Bieber on the way in the next 10 minutes. But right now, I'm here with James. Hey. How are we doing? I'm very well, and I'm very excited about today. Do you know why? Why is that? Because this is going to be essentially like you're, you're here, you, you, you're anchoring the ArchD show today, which is wicked. But you've also got... Um, we. Uh, we, we're doing podcast interviews this afternoon, and essentially, you're going to be in the interviewing chair for the very first time oh, yeah. in uh, like a podcast. I know you've done. You were talking the other day that you had done interviews for like school stuff. Yeah, because school that, projects. Because that's something now that seems to be happening more and more. Back in my day, didn't really do it that much. So much. We just used to do like projects on like coloured pieces of card. <laughs> that was a real thing. So any any late Gen Xers out there like me who'll know that if you remember we'll know that poster paper and the, the poster paper, and also there was a. Uh, you used to be able to go to the news agent, and there was always these kits, these school project kits. And I don't know because I grew up in Queensland, so I don't know if this was a thing down here, but it could well have been. I imagine it was a national mm. phenomenon, as these things were, because you used to say um, you used to get set a school project, and you'd say, "Okay, you're doing a school project on dingoes, or you're doing a school project on, I don't know, Morris dancing. I don't know, just random <laughs> things on." you know, different countries or whatever. And you'd go down to the news agent and this would be the thing that you'd need to get. You'd need to get your big piece of... Now, I'm imagining it was like A1 or AO, but it was probably like A3. Like, you know, but it just looked massive back in the day, just like the way that wagon wheels always used to look way bigger than they really do. Yes, sir. You think, they, hang on. Have they gotten smaller? Of course they have. And I'm really glad. So you're, I so, feel that they have. But the fact that you are just like, you're one year out of school at the moment. Yeah. So the fact that you think that they were once bigger really yeah. sets what me on. That? Okay, so during the break, we're going to need to Google that and say, have oh, wagon wheels gotten smaller? Because I'm convinced they have. But so you used to go down there, get your big piece of coloured card um, and, and you used to choose a piece of card very carefully. Mm. That was very, very important. And then you used to buy the school project kit that would go with it. So um, there was always like, you know, and you get the topic set and then there'd always be a kit for it generally for some reason. Oh, so different kits on different topics depending on what you were doing. And they look like... 
my memory of it is they looked almost like, you know, the containers that Bluetack come in, you know, sort of like those, they're sort of narrow like brochures, yes. almost look like maps. Yeah, right. And they had all of the kind of like the information you would need. They had pictures in them that you could kind of cut out and put on your project and give you a really good leg up. Because this is all pre-internet, of course. Of course, the- you can just Google you know, no. and Great Wall of China and just slap some pictures in so there. So the best hope that you ever had was that you'd go to your school library. We're getting seriously off topic here, but you'd go to your school library, um, you'd go to your Encyclopedia Britannica's and like potentially look up that and you'd get maybe like half a paragraph on that particular topic. That would be the best. And Or then maybe there'd be some weird outdated textbook that was like somewhere hidden amongst the, the carnage that we know as the Dewey Decimal System somewhere inside the <laughs> library that you would then be able to find maybe a book of it from a book from like the 1940s or something that undoubtedly was not in the library where it's supposed to be and well nothing in, in a Dewey I, look I would argue this that nothing in a Dewey decimal system of a library is ever where it's meant to be no <laughs> because like seriously it's the only place that you will actually ever find you know the history of Southeast Asia next to directly next to a book about Italian cooking it's the only place that you would tend to find that stuff logic completely goes against the 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 the, the grain on that particular one. I don't know if that's the term. But yeah. So anyway, hang on, where were we? So it's school projects. School oh yeah, you interviewed for school projects. But today Yes. You're interviewing for a podcast. Um yeah. one that we do called Parishes of Adelaide. And uh and it's not even a conventional interview either, because it's like over a, like a Zoom chat. So we've got to have to set all this thing up and have a like a, an interview with someone in Panola. So, you know, what's that four hundred kilometers away from from where we are. So it's definitely gonna be ex- an experience. To say the least. And so what do you think in the kind of, because we've been doing a bit of background and and finding out about interviewing and sort of like techniques for interviewing people. Mm. Like for you, like what you've kind of picked up along the way so far, now that you're going to jump into it, like for you, like, is there anything that you're going to go, this is something I'm definitely going to keep at the forefront of my mind that I would never have thought that is important for interviewing I think, honestly, my saving grace might be that I don't know a lot about the stuff we're going to mm. be talking about. Yeah. So, I think I've, I've got a lot to learn in that respect. So, I, I think hopefully I'm going to be actually be interested um, in the stuff that we're going to talk about and, you know, asking questions and really interested in the answers. So, mm. so that's, I think, going to drive me today. Okay. Well, it's going to be a really good one. So, um, uh, people will be able to hear this. Well, by the time this show comes out, like by the time we, we listen to this radio show now, that podcast will actually be out So, because yes. it comes out every Wednesday. So, if you are interested in hearing what Michaela's first interview sounds like, you can actually hear it right now if you want to. Um, if you go to... Um, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and look for Parishes of Adelaide. Um, it's got a really cool graphic that... I designed. I'm going to say I'm out of there. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and it, it looks like someone holding a smartphone up in front of a church. That the church is artistically out of focus. Ah. Very cool. And then on the screen of that phone says Parishes of Adelaide podcast. That's so it's very artistic choices. So it's pretty meta. It's like it's a totally inception. The podcast is inside the podcast. It's full circle. It is. That's exactly what it is. It is. It is totally. So, yeah, you can check it out right now. Coming up, we've got Justin Bieber and Louis the Child and Vera Blue. But right now, this is, I love this one. This is Elizabeth Grace 
You're listening to Arch D 1079 Life. That was Justin Bieber. You're listening to Arch D 1079 Life. Coming up, we've got Lewis the Child and Vera Blue and also the saga in the next 10 minutes. But right now, we are talking about driving lessons. We are, yes. So you've got a big one coming up. I do. I've got week. my very first driving lesson coming up this Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous, but I want to talk. What was your very first driving experience like? Do you remember it? Uh, yeah, okay. So we're going back a little way now. Uh, the driving lesson, I remember the i was like like you i was terrified mm. definitely terrified the guy um i remember a couple of things about him the first he was really into old genesis and i'm not talking about the first book of the new testament or the old testament i'm talking about the prog rock band from britain of course um featuring a very very young phil collins um on drums as he was back then he was really really into that band and i've become since obsessed there is no connection though um the other thing too is i remember the weird thing was he was an older guy Mm. with uh, braces, braces on his teeth. Yes. And I remember thinking at the time, I was not aware that older people got braces because at the time, it wasn't really a thing. There was something that kids had because I'd, yeah. I'd had braces at that point and had them taken off. Um, You're but, ahead of the game with him. But yeah, but it was like all of a sudden there was like this new thing. All of a sudden adults realise they can have braces and now like adults, well, adults yeah. all around the world have braces. Well, that's interesting though because you say older at the time. Have you had braces? I have. I've had braces. I was going to say you've got like perfectly. That's the first thing that you think of when we start <laughs> talking about braces. But you, the first thing that you do is start staring at people's teeth, which is always a bit unnerving. To have someone staring at your teeth? Yeah. yeah. Self-conscious. No, I, I've definitely had braces, mm. but, I, but I had them put on when I was like 15. So were you, you would so have been in later. high school? I was, I was um, yeah, so I was in high school and I reckon I had them on at, I reckon I definitely had them off by year 10. So I would have probably had them. What is that? It's about a couple of years, isn't it? Yeah. About like 13. Two, two years is Pretty, pretty average. About, about 13, 13. About 13 or 14. That's pretty standard, In I fact, feel. I remember one school photo that I had taken um, at that time. And I'll always this is where I'll always go to when I think of the braces, is that um, we were having school photos taken and um, it was over in a different building than where we were. And nothing was undercover back then. Um, so we had to like go across this place where all the photographers was the, you know, the you sir that side, you sir that side, all that stuff that they do on the on the, the, the photography thing where they move you around to different parts. But it was to the point where we're about to do the individual photos. And it's sitting in my mum and dad's photo album, just sitting there just to taunt me in future years. But what had happened was it was probably about this time of year and the rain was coming down in just buckets. You know what, like a really bucketing. Really heavy. Yeah, like a really Heaven's great. opening up. But like in Adelaide, it can get so dark and cold mm. as well. It feels like, I don't know, like it just, it feels like the end of the world, but it's just rain and clouds and stuff. But, and cold and just freezing cold. And um, we had um, run across to the, uh, um, the place where they were doing the photographs and we'd kind of like set up and they did the photos and we kind of left it and that was fine. So then when the photos came back and they also had like these really bright flashes too. So I remember like it's the middle of winter. Mm. It was raining really hard. I was what, 14, 15 years old with braces. Okay. So all together, it looked like this. So I'm drenched. Okay. I am completely oh, no. saturated. My school uniform, it is visibly drenched. My hair, which I did have at the time, <laughs> was just like wet and just matted down on my head. 
I had my braces on and they were full metal mouth. Like I, I actually think they're made of a slightly less intense metal these days than they were back then, but there was just full on. And I was not shy about showing off my smile at this point. I was just letting, you could just see every rivet, every screw, every bit of wire inside my mouth was completely exposed for all, and the rubber bands as well. You know, everything was there all to see. Um, of course, it was the middle of winter, so I was incredibly pale. I wasn't really a going outside kid, so I was really, really white and pale, and the flash was really bright. So oh, it just really, no. it just played up the whole like haunted house ghost <laughs> vibe completely. But the other fact, too, about being 14 and 15 is that, you know, sometimes the acne fairy comes to call. Yeah. And uh, she came and called on my house many, 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 many uh. times during that particular time of year. So it's a pretty, it was a pretty terrifying photo all it's in a all. beautiful capture of your, you know, teenagehood, I suppose. It's a true coming of age story. Uh, true. And it is also, if you, you know, want to, you know, keep young children awake at night, you can probably also show them that <laughs> photo before bed. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure not. But so no, 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 truly? for sure. Absolutely sure. I, if I ever dig out the photo, I'll show you. But I'll I really, you I really what? don't. I will take your word for it. <laughs> Coming up, we've got the saga and power food, but right now this is Lewis the Child and Vera Blue. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. And that was Lewis the Child and Vera Blue. You are listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. Coming up, we've got the saga and power food, but right now, James, yep. we had a conversation driving in this morning. It was a very, it was a very deep conversation for first thing in the morning. It was, mm. <laughs> but very fitting because what we were talking about is instant coffee and where does it come from and this this is actually a story that you had you knew well i this kind of like we'll, we'll talk about this over the next couple of breaks i reckon because there's way too much to get through but it kind of it came through because you were wondering where and no you were talking about where another thing comes from that's true and um I believed, and this is what I always believed, because someone told this to me and i never bothered checking it because i mean who can be bothered as you do but um someone had once told me that uh, instant coffee comes from when uh, coffee beans are roasted for like normal coffee, like mm. like coffee beans when you buy coffee beans and coffee out, um, and uh, or for plungers or whatever. And what's left over at the end of the roasting process is actually scraped off the side of the coffee vat. And then, like, turn into powder, and that's what people drink as instant mm, coffee. That's why they can call yummy. it coffee, because it technically coffee, inverted commas, but you know, thingies not in the air. Really. Yeah, coffee, but not really. Um, but that's not actually true. That's not where coffee comes from. comes from. And like a lot of things, it has this fascinating origin story. So um, you went searching on the, I think it was the Nestle website. Yes, which uh, appears to be the very first people who created instant coffee. That's it. That's it. So they say that the Nestle brand started, and this is so, this is so much more interesting than my story. Like it's way better. It's slightly sort of like less ooh gross story, you know, because they're fun to tell too. But it says here the Nestle brand it started. Like it actually started as an idea to solve the problem of what to do with unsold coffee um, back during the Wall Street crash at the end of the 1920s. So um, it was originally an idea of like what to do with this unsold coffee, it was like a strategy, what can we do with it all? Mm. And now celebrates like this position as, as literally like one of the most favorite drinks in the world with this, with this awe-inspiring statistic. Um, 
5,500 cups of Nescafe. And this is only Nescafe coffee, right? Just that one particular Just that brand. one brand. 5,500 cups of Nescafe instant coffee are consumed every second in over 180 countries. That is wild. That is wild. Seriously. Like, you line all that up, that is one heck of a Zoom call to keep your head around. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of different pictures on the screen simultaneously. <laughs> Of a lot of slurping noises. So, th- this is the story. So, in 1929, Louis Dapples, or Dapple, I don't know, is it French? I don't know. Don't know. The Nestle chairman at the time was presented with an interesting task by his former employer, the Banque Francaise et Italienne pour Amérique du Sud. Um, rough translation, uh, French bank and Italian for America of the South. Beautiful. I'm sure I'm sure there's actually a proper like the southern the southern american bank for french and you know, I don't know whatever. I don't know if, I like if you are french and you are listening to this or Ital- italian or french um I, well it's french isn't it it's, so if you're french Francaise italien pour apologize sincerely for possibly butchering that yeah okay no I'm not it sounded beautiful so following my accent was just per- perfect perfection interesting point like so mm. my sister at the moment um uh, expecting her second bub, so any day. Like in actual fact, like by the time of this show actually goes to air, we, we, I she may, I may a be a <laughs> uncle for the twelfth time. I think well. I'll be uncle. Um, and uh, and if you're if you're listening, Rebecca, congratulations. congratulations. Um, um, her partner is French. And uh, she's le- uh, learning French, kind of as you do, like to yeah. to you know. Be the, a good the partner. Baby's yeah. <laughs> the baby's, <laughs> baby's sake. Think of the children. <laughs> what? They got to well, they Okay, but if you've got a multi-language house, she can't have the baby and her husband talking smack when she can't understand what's going on. What? I, that would be a serious concern of mine. It would be a serious concern. It would. Coming up, we have Powfu and Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. But right now, this is the saga. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. That was Powerful. You are listening to ArchD 107.9 Live. Coming up next, we have Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga and Emily Brimlow in the next 10 minutes. But right now, our conversation has shifted from what we were talking about earlier. It's It was a long conversation um, that ended up becoming about a news article because we, we got onto instant coffee. Where does instant coffee come from? Mm. So it was a strategy from Nestle that was formed as part of the 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 problem that um it's hard to believe now that this this global giant all came about because a bank had too much coffee during the great depression that it couldn't sell and tried to find a way to 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 like i guess make it so that it was last longer yeah so that they could they actually could do sell something it. with they it they could do something with it um and then moving on from one breakfast i suppose one breakfast menu item to another mm-hmm. from instant coffee we then started talking about vegemite and where does vegemite come from yeah, and you were saying this is for, and and you, I mean, the difference is you were right and I was wrong. Like the origins of Vegemite are actually correct, as opposed to the origins of um, instant coffee. Instant coffee, yeah. Because you were talking about it actually comes, it's it's an it's a yeast extract. Yes, is what they say, yeast extract spread, but it comes from the brewing of beer. Well, that's what I heard that they discovered it because of a similar reason for this idea with coffee in that they had no idea what to do with what was essentially left over from the end of the process of making beer. Okay, this is where I jump in and go, you could just throw it away because it's nasty. You could. 
Because at that, I truly, look, I'm an Australian and I love Vegemite. I will live for Vegemite. Vegemite's toast is the best. But having said that, I don't know who tasted it in its raw form and when, I think we've got something here. Yeah, because then, because the if the raw form is just the leftover waste from beer. Yeah, that's that's not Vegemite. Yet. You, you don't look at that and go, hmm, I've got an idea for Breakfast that. bread? Yeah, it's not like when you look in your fridge and you see like a bone. Well, I've got like, you know, I've got some leftover capsicum mm. and I've got uh, some fresh tomatoes. I might have some chorizo left over in the freezer, which is this is exactly what I did on the weekend in actual fact, and made this sort of like roasted capsicum and tomato chorizo pasta, which was delicious, by the way. Just Sounds incredible. Over. Mate, it was. It really, really was. Um if there was also like a fresh, like, you know, swill container full of like beer waste, mm. I don't think I'd look at that and go, hmm. What can I do with this? Making me peckish thinking about what I could do with this. <laughs> but this is in fact true. So this is how it happened. But as a result of all the stuff that's happening with COVID-19 mm. globally, I mean, locally, it doesn't affect uh, Australian Vegemite per se, but our British equivalent, which I believe was actually the first one that was made, it was made before Vegemite, mm. Marmite, um, they're having all these problems because the economic fallout from the coronavirus has spread to the controversial controversial breakfast <laughs> staple. Like, how long can something be controversial for? Like, it's been around for probably 100 years. Like, don't you aspire to be controversial for that long? Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, with Marmite's manufacturer announcing it can no longer produce large jars of the brown sticky paste. That's a really nice way to put yeah, it. Yeah, delicious description. Marmite, yes, made from yeast extract, a crucial ingredient that's a byproduct of beer brewing. And with brewers slowing or stalling production after pubs and restaurants were forced to close in March, it's now in short supply. The jarring news, you can tell this is like a British newspaper, can't you? This kind of like ultra... <laughs> explosive adjectives um the jarring news was unearthed by a marmite devotee on twitter who tweeted the brand to ask why they were struggling to track down 400 gram squeezy packs of the spread explaining the brewer's yeast level was in short supply the company confirmed that stock levels were being affected adding as a temporary measure we have stopped production of all sizes apart from how 250 gram size jar which is available in most major retailers um, some anti-Marmite Twitter users were raising a toast after hearing about the sticky situation. One terrible um, turn of phrase there. Secondly, what is it about the trolling culture these days where people would literally give up time to rejoice and say, okay, first thing, Twitter not being, I'm oh, sorry, Marmite not being produced, cause for celebration. Secondly, I'm going to take a couple of days off yeah. just to get on Twitter and just rant about it. So obviously yeah. it is controversial because there are some really passionate opinions going on, obviously, on Twitter. Indeed. But spare a thought, the article says, for Marmite fans who are now worried there will be a rush in supermarkets across the land. You thought toilet paper was mm. bad? This is going to be extreme. Struggling to stay calm. Struggling to stay calm. Struggling hard. to stay how calm. Would they, like, how will you know that someone's struggling to stay calm on Twitter? How do you know this? Well, I think it's by the adjectives that they've used. Exactly. Or maybe if it's all caps, is that someone who's struggling to stay calm or is that someone who's lost their calm? Or maybe if it's half caps, half like... Like, like all th random that, capitalization. That shows the struggle. And maybe emoji choices also points to the struggle. I don't know. <laughs> is there a struggling to stay calm emoji? Is there a method? to this madness if there's a struggling to stay calm emoji I want to see what that is 
Twitter, you're on notice. Come up with a struggling <laughs> to stay calm emoji and I promise I will post it like every hour on the hour because uh, that's my life. Uh, the, they, the struggling to stay calm emoji person said, this is an actual disaster in our house. We get through about, okay, brace yourself, a kilo of it in a normal month. In a month. So a kilo, so what's that? That's four jars in a month. That's, that's a jar a week. So what does that mean? That really means that a normal-sized household is having that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. I want to know how thick they're putting it on. That really is the big question. I think so. Because, well, look, here's the thing. I've never had Marmite before, but I've been told it is really similar to Vegemite. Yeah, basically. And when I eat Vegemite, I feel very strongly that it is to be a very sparing scrape of Vegemite Mm -hmm. with melted butter on toast, and that is all. Okay, another big question, and I've realised this does separate people. Do you go full bread coverage or do you go only to the borders like it's a pizza? No, you got to go pizza. You can't I, – I would never go to the edges. Why not, though? Because it's two different things. Because you got the – you got – okay, well, because if I really think about it, it's because if I do it the other way, I can't enjoy the crust of the bread. I only enjoy the crusts of the bread or toast when there's not Vegemite. All right. So you're almost saying that, <laughs> that Vegemite on toast, let me just sort of like paraphrase. You're saying that Vegemite on toast essentially is a two-course meal. It is. It is. <laughs> the Vegemite toast and the crust. Yes. As a bit of like In a, that order specifically. So it's like the equivalent of like in the 1980s what an after-dinner mint was. <laughs> <laughs> You, yes, you must. You have to. You eat the inside of one half of the toast. You save the crust, and then you have it last. Exactly. Very, very, very posh. <laughs> you can just imagine the waiter coming it's up and for dessert, Madame and Monsieur pay care to eat their own crusts. We've got lots more coming up, but right now, this is Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. That was Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. You are listening to ArchD on 107.9 Life. We're just about out of time. We are. Great show, Yeah, Jones. That was awesome. Thank you very much, James Messon. Now, another show that uh, was a really big show was last week's show. It was our show number 400. And it was... Such a great day. I had such a ball. I, I didn't know at the time how many people would be coming, like how many different announcers would be coming. How many of us were there in there? About it was six like of us? six of us. It was a mm. brilliant turnout. So if you want to check that show out, uh, it's on the podcast, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, it's there. There's the picture of everyone who was there. The whole cast was there. It was yourself, Rachel Riley, Tom, Mary Ann. Am I forgetting somebody? No, I think that was That's everyone. It. So, yeah, so six of us in total. Um, talking about our favourite ArchD memories over all the years it's been running. So it's been running almost 10 years. And so everyone's favourite memories over that time are there too. So it's a fun thing to also to... The thing that listening back to that show that made me laugh so much was uh, there's a bit in it where Riley tells this joke, infamously known as the Snaples joke. Um, but to actually play that clip which was actually Tom's favourite clip, to play that clip while she listened to it. The fact that she was laughing non-stop she while the it. joke. She found it funnier than anyone. She truly did. I think she admired her own work. But that's, that joke was incredible. So I do give her credit on that. I would have laughed if it was my own joke as well. True. 
It makes me think, though, that it really might say a lot about a person because you never see this experience happen. People who have the opportunity to sit and listen to themselves cracking jokes. Like, I wonder what that says about a person, how funny they find themselves. That is true. How they react to... Well, that's that never happens, see? You don't you ever don't get that ever opportunity. Get to hear it. But she also makes a point on that clip as well going, oh, it's not, it's not as funny as it would have been because I'm also imagining what I look like <laughs> when I crack the joke. So I'm thinking... It's not enough that you find yourself funny. It's like my own physical comedy. Which makes me think, does she crack jokes in front of the mirror? Well, of course it does. Of course it does. Oh, like, or, yes, or does she work on them? You know, like yeah. they say like they say, Jim Carrey for years was practicing all of his stuff in front of mirrors Absolutely. and things like that. Anyway, if you want to check it out, it's a fantastic show. Archie Show 400, wherever you get your podcasts from. We are here every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. Stay tuned to 107.9 Live for more of your music. And we will see you again in a few days. Bye now. Bye. So I lift my hands to the God that guides me, to the one that finds me.